Hey, what's up? What's up? It is podcasting day and I am so excited to be back. Uh, It's been such a journey to be filming this podcast uh, in the season of life that I'm in at the moment. And I thank you so much for being here. So this is Rachel Vogt and this is a Good Girl's Guide to podcast. And uh, just a shout out to my friend, Jess Anderson McGovern, who is on maternity leave with baby Harper right now. Normally she is my podcast co-pilot, I guess you would say. Uh, Excuse me. So we're wishing her all the love in the world as she takes this very special time with this newborn baby and um, blending the family together. So missing you lots, friend. And if you're looking for a boudoir photographer, you definitely want to make sure you're checking out Boudoir Photos with Anderson on Facebook. You can follow on Instagram as well. She does lots of other amazing photos too. Uh, That just happens to be one of her specialties. And for myself with the Good Girls Guide Man, y'all, you know, my official announcement has been recently that I am a quantum healer in training. And that means nothing to anybody but myself mostly. So what you just need to know is that we're just, we're, um, we're keeping it perspective coach basically at this moment. If you're looking for some ease, clarity, focus on your mental and physical well-being, your spirituality, your passion, your wealth, and your relationships, then you're in the right place. Okay, that's what we're having conversations about all the time. My background um, and the heart of what I do comes from the intimacy world, intimacy coaching, but that's just where it started. Uh, Now I have definitely expanded my, not only my passion, but my expertise into uh, all the other things I just mentioned. Um, And it's basically just more of the holistic uh, lifestyle uh, and conversations about integrating those kinds of things into our traditional Western philosophy, I suppose. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been doing these uh, podcasts where we're kind of just doing some spoiler alerts. And that's what we're going to talk about today, too. And if you resonate with this message, don't forget that you can share these podcasts. They are free to do so. That's what I love about Anchor is that it's free for me to do them. It's free for you to listen. Uh, and that's just about it. So you can share this podcast. You can connect people on Facebook for me if, you, if they want to tune in for more free content. Uh, you can get them hooked up over on Instagram at A Good Girl's Guide, too. And you can also follow me on TikTok for free content there, too. Uh, And don't forget on Facebook, if you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy, uh, I got a special place for you to hang out for sexual wellness and intimacy building. It is a great, safe environment that we do uh, a lot of the things we just mentioned, including um, a lot of of humor, a lot of humor over there, okay? Uh, And that group just continues to grow each and every day. It's just so powerful. So lots of ways to connect for sure. And if you're looking for some more like personal development, spirituality growth that's more focused around you, Definitely consider getting yourself into the empowerment class. Uh, Those will be picking back up next month. So reach out to me for that uh, schedule and date. But if you're also just like, ah, man, man, I think I'm just ready to hit the ground running and gain some momentum for myself, then I think it's time for you to reach out to me about setting up a one-to-one. That is the most popular way for people to connect with me when they're looking for positive change for themselves. uh, So we can really gear, again, that that change in momentum for your particular season of life. So thanks so much for letting me plug that. And then uh, we'll get back to our podcast. So uh, as I mentioned, mentioned, you know, uh, part of my own personal development was the acceptance of shifting my identity and my role as a provider to whatever services, I guess you would say, right? Like I, I came from an entrepreneurial background of a free institution, basically, uh, you know, free in-home parties, uh, free content, you know, all you could do is buy product when you feel like a product is in, is imperative to your journey. And so that I think coupled with my own programming about being a woman and lots of other things I could go into. You know, I struggled very much with the transition of looking into the empowerment class 
um, aspect as well as doing um, one-to-one sessions, you know, and that's something that my husband to this day still has to lovingly coach me and remind me of, listen, you give and 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 you give. So just remember that when you're asking for a little, uh, which is just some money as income to sustain your life and pay your bills and so on and so forth, that's not a bad thing. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Okay. And so the reason I'm telling you this is because, you know, the amount of knowledge, the amount of things I have acquired in the last three to five years, five years ago was when I started my, my leadership development for myself, which transpired into personal development uh, over the last two to three years is where that really got heavy into personal development, which uh, obviously exudes into sharing that with other people. But then then this last year, uh, really getting into my spiritual development. So, you know, when we take a step back and we talk about like, okay, so I've been doing relationship stuff for eight years. I've been doing uh, leadership stuff for five years. I've been doing uh, mental and physical stuff for three to five or two to three years. I've been doing spirituality growth for a year. And so my next focus will be wealth. I mean, and I've got emotional wealth and that conversation down, but like I'm talking about like actual finances and so on and so forth. I'm never going to be a a financial advisor in that that regard. But again, all of that squirreled conversation moment there, just to, just to say that I have acquired a lot of knowledge. And sometimes I forget that like the things that I have acquired have a lot of value. And I think part of my insecurity is, is like, well, all I'm really doing is regurgitating somebody else's information. Um, and one that kind of feels bad because I can't even, I can't even 100% quote you where I got that from, but that's all I feel like I'm doing. But then as I continue to grow myself as a healer or coach or whatever you want to call it, you know, that it doesn't change. It's still me digesting a bunch of information that just makes sense to me and then regurgitating it back to other people in a language that makes sense to me and that I hope resonates with other people so that that they can go out and do the exact same thing for themselves. So, you know, this um, this whole scenario of of what I'm doing, you know, it, it's it's to help other people expedite their process and their life journey. So, you know, you might you might work with me or listen to me or resonate with me and then you go out and you're like, I want to do the same thing. That's okay, by the way. That's okay. You know, I, I I fully discovered that I wanted to quote unquote coach people when I was in a coaching session for myself. And I, I didn't say it out loud when she was like, so what does your heart tell you you want to do kind of question. And I couldn't say it because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to think that I'm crazy because I'm just copying her. Or maybe I'm just being blindly influenced because I'm really appreciating what I'm getting out of this coaching. So maybe I think that this is what I want to do. Man, I struggle bust so much with my identity. So if you if you can relate to that, you're in the right space, okay? Uh, but one, you know, it, it didn't take me long to figure out, well, not everybody's going to want to coach. Now, I will say that a lot of people are intrigued by it. Again, I think it's it's the it's the notion of how it makes you feel about yourself, number one, and the tools it provides to you. But number two, the the potential trajectory that you could have in influencing other people if they if if they could feel this good. Of course you want that. You know, it's not different than being a teacher. It's not being different than being in healthcare. It's not different in, in any capacity like being, you know, in clergyhood because it's just the philosophy of having the servant heart and giving back. So quickly I just I discovered that it's not that everybody's going to want to do what I do. So I don't have to I don't have to be worried about people taking my job, okay? But more importantly, it was that it 
I, there was so much more coming out of it when you would see people go off and quit one job to do another or cut back on a hobby so they could really put time and effort into something that they, they loved as a passion or they left a relationship or they fine-tuned their current relationship or they dropped some weight or they started eating keto or whatever it is. It was It's the something of inspiration, something of inspiration that they, they go and do in their life, okay? And so... This conversation that we're having is a wrap up of the last five years, basically. And this is like week three that we're doing a follow up about the spoiler alerts. So the spoiler alerts, what I like to call them, are just these little nuggets of information that I've heard either consistently over the, the years or I've heard it maybe even in different language or different context or different terminology. But it's all the same. So what I'm hoping to kind of do in this series is just give you a little handbook of here, here's what you can expect. And you you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to believe me. Just let me plant the seed for you because if you continue on your personal development journey, which I very much hope that you do, you will probably find these things to be true for you as well or very similar. It doesn't have to be accurate. I guess I, should, I, should, I shouldn't say it has to be true as an fact. Accuracy is probably a better word to use here. Okay. So um, last, the last two podcasts, we talked about like God and the universe, source, spirit, soul, whatever you wanted to call it, using your faculties, like your, um, your senses and understanding that you have more than just the five senses that we are so accustomed to talking about, um, empathy and the power of understanding others and why that's so important, uh, how, how this personal development journey that we're talking about is, is hard work because it just is ongoing forever. It's not, it's, it's, you get better and better at it. You, you, um, you train your muscles, you, I don't know if it's muscles per se, but you gain endurance is basically what I wanted to say. So you get better at it, you get faster, you get stronger, you get more efficient. Um, and so when we say it's hard, it's just that it's, it's forever. You know, you're just, you're never done growing. At least you hope that you're not, because if you started to grow for whatever reason, then you just know what it feels like to not be growing. And you don't, it's not that you are negatively motivated by that, but you are motivated by that. Okay. So knowing that that work is always ongoing. And then belief work is the thing that really will, I mean, be the foundation basically for this ongoing work. Like personal development is, to me, that's a surface level term. Personal development, I associate really more with your career. I really associate this more with like symbolisms in terms of your everyday reality. As an example, income leads to bigger houses, bigger cars, and so on and so forth. That to me is what I would describe personal development. But belief work is, all of the things in your subconscious that really get your conscious mind moving when you don't really know it. So the belief work is the the autopilot dialogue that we either run from, meaning like we run our lives from it um, as a program, uh, or we start to intentionally work on our belief work and we choose what our belief work is. We heal parts of ourselves that we never even knew were suffering um, from belief work. And belief work is just like these ideas, like maybe you self-sabotage your income because you you were taught that you have to suffer or people people suffer to make money. And so you subconsciously self-sabotage your, your finances all the time because that's how you were programmed to live. Whether you like it or not, it's your program. Uh, so that's just an example, right? We also talked about how it's not uncomfortable or it's not uncommon to feel crazy during your spiritual development. 
your awakenings, whatever you want to call them, uh, because you often feel alone. It shakes up almost everything that you know about yourself. And so you question just about everything. It's not that you're questioning people and their, their, um, intentions. I mean, you might, but this is more about you. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, like, who am I? It's those existential questions that you are very cliche, but very much happen. Uh, and this can happen, you know, in, in major life shakeups, it can happen on a weekly basis. It can happen with your hormone cycle. It can happen with the moon cycle. Like there's a lot more more than I think we give we give recognition and credit to for that. So um, that's that's another thing. All right. We also talked about. Um, oh, Olivia stopping by to say hi as we're filming. Say hi. Yes. Yeah, say hello. We're recapping. Hello. Right. Hello. All right. So we'll take a short break and come back. Yeah. You see the numbers counting. All right. Say bye. bye. We'll be right back. And we're back. <laughs> oh my goodness. The joys about working from home are quite literally the joys about working from home, y'all. I love what I do and I love my tiny peanut and I love that she um, shows up from time to time. So we were recapping where we were basically and we left off at understanding that there is so much more to ingest than we ever think about. So it's not just about the food that we put into our body. It's about the media, the influences that we have uh, about everything we think basically. Okay. And, uh, we talk about also talked about being babies as humans, uh, relative to how old the earth, let alone the universe is, we have not been here very long. So it's okay for us to, as a species, evaluate that and not be so hard on ourselves and think that just because we are the species with conscious mind walking around, that we are superior in a sense that we should be farther and more advanced. And as we evolve technologically and industrial wise, it's crazy because spiritually we're, we're not moving quite as quickly. And I think that that's kind of part of the hangup. And that's where we're coming to right now is that we've had all of these other types of booms, like physical body evolution. Um, you know, like I said, uh, in inventions and so on and so forth type of evolution. And now we're a spiritually evolving, emotionally evolving in my opinion. So, <clears throat> excuse me, considering that fact, it's not so far-fetched to think that we don't know a lot about anything, and that's okay. I think that as a species, because we're so new, we are very prideful, and we think that we know it all. We should know it all. Our way is right. It's been working for so long. It's got to be the only way that will work, whatever. And just giving ourselves grace and understanding that fluidity is a beautiful thing because, you know, if we can let go of thinking that it's just about my way is the right way, my dog is digging into the side of me. This is... <coughs> the most unprofessional podcast ever. So if I feel like my voice is shaking a little bit, it's because that's literally what the dachshund is doing to me. Oh my God. Anyway. So anyway, uh, fluidity is beautiful because you know, how many times, well, I mean, we don't think about this, but how many times could we stop and think about, you know, we learned a new way to tie our shoes. We learned a faster way to ride our bike. We learned a more efficient way to clean the house. Right. Those are beautiful things that we're like, yes, that makes so much sense. But on like a grander scale, when we're like, oh, that's a, a new way to consider religion and the source and the creator, or that's a new way to consider exchange of money, or that's a new way to consider equality. You know, we, we freak out and that's understandable because we're not trying to persuade one particular person to consider an alternative. We're talking about a mass consciousness. So it's, it's understandable that we would be stressed about that particular type of, um, you know, endeavor, I guess we would say, right? So moving along, right? If we could maybe today focus on why it's okay to be different. I think this would be a really good podcast uh, because 
uh, well, as I will openly, obviously, remind people, which you already know, you know, I'm a white woman. <laughs> I, I identify as heterosexual white woman. So the things that I was given at my, my birth in terms of a, a, a far advantage are a lot. Uh, so it's just one consideration uh, and one perspective, of course. But this conversation to me is just about all, whether you identify as somebody with um, a vulva, but you feel masculine or somebody who feels feminine, but you have a penis or anything in between or vice versa. There's so many gray areas, but that's part of what I wanted to discuss is it's okay that we're different, right? Like when we can, when we can recognize the simplicity, the simplicity, but the danger of the simplicity of saying that there's only two ways to operate on planet earth in terms of your identity. You're either showing up as masculine or you're showing up as feminine and anything that is relatively not that is wrong or weird or needs to be questioned or whatever you know, we, obviously that's changing. One thing we had a conversation about this is like, you know, homosexuality, even though it's been around forever since the dawn of man, you know, it's um, something that we became more prevalent in our society in the 80s and then lesbianism in the 90s and then uh, bisexual and pansexual and uh, all of these other things over the last whatever year. So we continue to become a giant melting pot, not only of color, of creed, of religion, of sexuality, of everything. So, you know, I, I anticipate it's only going to get easier and easier and better and better from here on out. Like, I mean, you know, when, when I was in middle school, it was like that was a conversation is that you really only identify people gay. You only identified them gay. You didn't really had conversations about lesbianism. You didn't have conversations about bisexuality. You didn't have any of that. And then, you know, by the time I was in high school, there was more conversations about lesbianism and bisexuality. And by the time I was in college, there was a lot more conversation. And that might be just obviously the way of the world, too, is that you, you know, you grow up and you surround yourself with more people and more experiences and more stories. But I also think that that's just where we are in, in, in our place of time. So, you know, now it's not uncommon for elementary school kids to be talking to their parents about, hey, is it wrong that I find myself like attracted to a boy and I'm a boy? Like, I, I, I don't see it. I see it sometimes in movies and music and things, but I'm just not sure. And I just want to tell you, you know, like, and, you know, for a while there, we'd have questions and conversations like, you're too young to consider yourself gay. But are you? Are you too young to consider yourself at any point how to take a moment and consider how you want to identify in the world? Like, you should be able to do that at any time, at any age. And you might not even understand what it means at a certain age, but you should be allowed to express how you think you want to show up. And, you know, part of that will be a reflection, again, of your influence and your programming. But the other part of that will always be the internal thing inside you that when you say, these, I'm this person, I'm that person, I'm, I, I show up as this, you're sometimes going to have something internally that doesn't match up with that. Sometimes you will. And then that's your higher self. That's your who you're meant to be. That's who you're striving every day to work towards. And that's the thing that always will feel the best when you operate from it. So, you know, there's so many things to take into consideration in that regard. But, um, you know, it's just one thing. I was just using the sexuality as, as a reference. But some things we we want to go back to remembering. We've always known these things. But, you know, again, when we came out, we were blank slates. We were open to everything. And open to everything meant that sometimes in a limited exposure to certain family, certain friends, certain communities or whatever, you might not have had these ideas planted back to you going, don't forget, there's all this other stuff out there. Uh, so you might have a quote unquote limited view. And it's not to say that your limited view is wrong. It just means that you could have so much more variety in the people that you know, and the stories that you hear and the experiences that touch your life. Uh, because it's not just, you know, 
like for my example, a white heterosexual woman could be the only thing that inspires me just because that's what I identify most with. You know what I mean? So here's what we want to talk about. What are some things that we already know, but we need to remember? So one thing, one thing I want to take it back to, and I've talked about this before, but again, it just uh, bears repeating so that we can talk about this flow of this conversation here is let's talk about how similar we are to the animal world, right? We know that we are a animal, okay? We have carbon, we breathe oxygen, right? And there's even different levels to that, of course, because you can have live babies versus uh, babies from a, an egg, so on and so forth. But not too long ago, okay, homo sapiens, that would be modern man-ish, okay, modern man actually was on planet earth at the same time neanderthals existed um again like i don't know if y'all knew that like that's something that was recent to me i kind of well i mean it makes sense obviously because you have to evolve right so it's not like you go from neanderthals and then all of a sudden modern man shows up there had to be some blending but it's just it's not something you necessarily think about so at some point not only was neanderthal man probably petrified of modern man because it was different than than them uh but either of them could have viewed the other not this conversation for another day. I'm like, we gotta thought we were like aliens or whatever. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. But when we recognize how similar we are, because we have only shortly evolved from that, we used to run from a primal being, right? You got to eat when you eat, you got to sleep when you sleep, you got to find shelter, protect yourself, whatever, whatever, right? And that's what animals still do to this day. They sleep when they sleep, they go to the bathroom when they need to go to the bathroom, they mate by seasons and um, in, in the moon and so on and so forth. And that's where we came from. That's where we came from. So, you know, we ourselves have separated so much from nature, from artificial lighting, from screen technology, from technology in general, from modern efficiencies. You know, we keep separating ourselves farther from the animal world. And obviously, there's a lot of really good reasons we do that, especially for the efficiencies and the experiences. But when we can actually kind of stem back to the simplicity of those things, we will set ourselves free, I think, in a lot of different instances. So one thing to consider is how many flowers are there out there? Like how many types of flowers, how many types of trees, how many types of birds, how many types of seeds, how many types of spices, how many types of clouds? I know there's not even that many, but there are different types of clouds, right? How many different types of cars? So all of these things that we look at and we go, man, there's a lot of different things, even though they have a lot of the same functionality, they have a lot of the same things in common, they have a lot of the same purpose. Okay, let's talk about flowers and plants, for example. Okay, here, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So when you look at two flowers, let's say side by side, pick your favorite flower. I don't care what you're seeing in your brain. When you pick two flowers side by side, how on earth, when you look at those two flowers, do you know whether it's a male or female quote unquote plant? You don't until you look at the sex organs, right? I mean, this, the, the same could be true for a lot of animals, for a lot of animals who don't necessarily have external genitalia, right? Um, and some, some animals, yes, identify like male lions look different than birds and tend to have you know males tend to be more pretty and stuff like that but you understand what i'm saying if you're looking at two flowers the only way that you can determine why or how they're different is by their sex organs and so if these two flowers are sitting side by side and they look beautifully identical and they're so gorgeous and they both pollinate other flowers there's nothing wrong with either of them they're just different right but then let's say you take your favorite flower let me just say a daisy let's just say that's what we're thinking of okay you daisy and then you put it next to another flower like a rose okay they're growing in the same ground they do the same things they pollinate the earth they feed bees whatever but one's a rose and one's a daisy and ironically they don't come from the same climate initially like they weren't cultivated or created like maybe one comes from the desert and one comes from a tropical forest obviously not these two flowers but you see what i'm saying they come from different areas and environments but they can coexist and with the right dirt and the right 
light, the right water, they'll actually survive and thrive, right? So when we think about how how many things out there are that similar? Let's now think about humans, okay? So one thing I wanna say is like skin color, okay? Now, obviously, as time progresses, we continue to become more and more melting potish, as they say. You know, everybody's mixing with everybody's skin tones with skin tones, even, you know, within um, African-American or Hispanic or even white people, uh, we have different gradients and shades of our colors, uh, skins, depending on where we're from. But listen to this, okay? This was something I heard once, and I just thought it was, so simplistically beautiful that that's what we're trying to strip it down to is simple, right? People's skin pigmentation is the way that it is depending on where their ancestors were closest to the equator. Did you hear what I said? Your skin will be darker pigmentation if you and your ancestors came from a place that was closer to the equator. A Duh, that was me, by the way, when I heard that. I'm like, duh, that is what pigmentation is all about, right? Is like, there's a reason why people with darker skin tones don't tend to get sunburned skin as easy as, let's say, white people, right? And white people who are like ghosts probably came from Nordic land, Greenland, Iceland, something farther to a pole where there was less exposure to sunlight. Therefore, our skin is just, ugh, it's like, paper thin, like ghostly. It's ghostly. All right. That's my per complexion. So people have beautifully porcelain skin. That is not Rachel. All right. But hello. Okay. So to me, that was just like, duh. So here we are throwing shade, being mean, hating people literally because their ancestors happened to grow up in one area of the world. And I know that that is not as simple as racism is, but when we stem it back to this is why we're so mad at each other. I mean, there's a lot more to it. Okay. But that's just one thing. Like if you if you are in 2021 and you feel a certain way about a certain race, I, I have to ask, there has to be consideration of how much is this, is your current experience and exposure to that culture and how much of it is just something that you saw movie, music, television from people that were close to your parents, teachers, pastors of influence. Were you in certain neighborhoods and they rolled up windows and locked doors? Were, um, were there certain... Um, statement statements that were made that you know offhand didn't seem like a really big big idea but now behind closed doors you even say it like jokingly okay but those are still stereotypes that you have burned into your brain about what each of these people are well that sounded terrible but you see what i'm saying like if you're instituting that type of thought process about anybody in your life then it's something to consider it's just skin color it's all that it is a skin color. You know, when we turn out the lights, uh, we all bleed the same color. We all have the same organs, mostly, right? Uh, we still have hopes and dreams and desires. We're all the same. We're all the same, regardless of where we come from. Okay, so um, common sense is something that we all have, right? And common sense, I believe, I might have talked about this briefly at another point, but I just wanted to bring this up. It's like, how do you even gauge what common sense is? Because when we talk about intelligence, all right, intelligence is something that's gradient, right? In the United States, you know, I don't even know on a worldly view how you gauge intelligence, but I know that like at least in my culture or my experience, one way to consider your intelligence is through an IQ test. An IQ test doesn't even definitively say if you are or are not intelligent. What it does is takes like, um, you know, a system where a bunch of people decided, well, we could see that if a lot of people operated in this percentile, it would probably mean that they were high functioning adults. That's all that it means. That's all that it means. And that's just an intellect. That's an intellect. So how much knowledge can you digest and retain? That's what, that is what intellect and um, smarts are. When we talk about common sense, right? I don't have a lot of common sense. 
I do not have a lot of common sense. And as I grow older, I feel like more and more of it falls off the brain train <laughs> than I even think about. Like I can give you guys so many examples, but they have already fallen out of my brain. Okay. I, I might've, and I say this all the time. I, I might've mentioned this before, but this is part of it, right? Like just as an example, I had two identical cups and I was um, supposed to be like switching water between the two of them. And like, instead of just like switching the lids on them, I was like trying to actually transfer the liquid from one cup to another. That's just a very vivid, vivid memory. Cause my husband goes, why didn't you just do a plus B first? And I was like, oh, cause my brain only works in D plus F. So, um, common sense is something that a lot of us have, but we just, we don't tap into it or we're so distracted by the idea idea of intellect and labeling ourselves in that type of capacity that I just don't think we give ourselves enough credit that common sense is, in my opinion, much more important, much more important, right? Like, yeah, it's cool. Of course, it's cool to understand how, you know, Europeans discovered Americans, stole it from the Native Americans. Not necessarily cool in that regard, but understanding, you know, that we had to create ships and the ships eventually had to create a compass and the compass eventually had to uh, accompany sails and sails had to be accompanied by the winds and winds had to be navigated by the stars and so on and so forth, right? Is that um, those are things that we learned along the way, but common sense is simply you know, being empathetic and having emotion and recognizing emotion as, as the, the primary language between people in that because you may not be book smart, it doesn't mean that your uh, your common sense is is not valid. It doesn't mean that your empathy needs are not it's not warranted and so on and so forth. So common sense is something I think that we could have more conversations about. We might feel a little bit more competent uh, in navigating life a little bit, right? So when we when we strip that down, it's like it's it's important to kind of now talk about what really matters. What really matters, and when you're going through personal development, one of the things that really shakes your sh up is like this conversation you'll have with yourself about symbolism. So symbolism is everything external in your life. Everything external, okay. Everything internal is you complete. It's you complete because what do you need besides yourself and a great positive attitude? Well, okay, you need sustenance, right? You need water. Uh, you need light. But my point is more so like uh, those are those are things to sustain life. When we talk about cars and clothing and waxes and getting your hair dyed and uh, trips all over the world and um, any of these things that you can recognize. OK, I'm not talking about like giving back. I'm not talking about, um, you know, major life changes. I'm talking about these everyday things that we get wrapped up into. Let's even talk about throw pillows. OK, let's talk about home accents. Let's talk about name brand makeup and hair, hair curling utensils and uh, makeup brushes, um, certain types of mixers or su super cool kitchen gadgets and technology woo doodads and all of these things. These are all symbols of some type of success, whether it's success in experience, whether it's success in income, whether it's success in, um, I don't know, throw in your third example there, right? These are the things that we think matter. We do. We think that having a giant wedding might matter. And th this is not universal that every one of these thoughts are ones that you have, but one of these might resonate with what you think. Like that was me, for example. Having a big wedding makes a big difference. Like that's why I'm having the wedding is to to have all of the decor, to have the gorgeous dress, to have uh, the fun music, to have the food. No, I'm getting married to get married. And that was um, a lesson given to me by going through uh, planning a, a wedding and then calling it off. And recognizing the second time I got engaged that I wanted almost the exact opposite of everything I had the first time around, which was so weird to me, it was so weird to me being so invested in the wedding portion 
And for years, it was not just myself that, I mean, it was movies that I saw, you know, Disney princesses, 1000% inspired that Ariel with the big puffy uh, wedding dress on the inner sleeves on the, the boat at the end. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how many, I mean, Cinderella with the gorgeous outfit and the glass slippers like that, even though that wasn't a wedding, it still very much felt like it, right? Um, and then you grow up and then you not only go through seeing people get married and replicating the exact same traditions, but then at least when I grew up, there was shows like, um, David Tutera, where he would surprise you and give you a complete makeover for your wedding. But I'm talking like dropping like hundred G's on these types of weddings where you're dressed like you got a $10,000 budget minimum, um, shows like say yes to the dress shows, where there, I mean, reality shows where they, they were getting married at the end. Um, and, you know, these network executives like totally put this fanfare on about it. Like, so this was one example. I'm talking about getting married. I'm talking about having a wedding, not getting married, I guess. But was that, how important was that to me? Well, the first time around, the planning portion was everything to me. Everything to me. I didn't think rarely ever about the getting married part. I thought all about the decor and matching and um, making everything and having this bomb playlist that the, the DJ could only play things from this list and having it be BYOB so that my friends could get trashed and have the best time ever and having all of this iconic food that people wouldn't stop talking about. That was like, that was, I was so distracted by that. And then I was just having a conversation like yesterday with one of my coaching clients about how with, with my wedding to my husband today, you know, it came down to, we got engaged and we were engaged for like two and a half years. <laughs> I started planning the other wedding, like on day one, like maybe negative three, I don't even know. But with my husband, he was like, okay, we're going to pick a date and we just got to start doing this. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Whatever. Like I would have probably been content just to stay engaged. Uh, because I had what I needed. I had the symbolism of commitment on my finger. You know what I mean? Uh, and so we were engaged for quite a long time, two and a half years. Uh, and then in that time frame, I did, I did get pregnant with sweet Olivia Grace. So it was a perfect excuse for me, <laughs> perfect excuse to me to put a, uh, put a pin in that planning process. Right. But you know, like the week of our wedding, as we were looking at the, um, upcoming, uh, what is the word? Forecast, right? My husband-to-be was incredibly nervous because there was a high percentage chance of some storms. And he was like, we have to have an alternative. We have to have an alternative because we were getting married outside. And I was like, nah, it's going to be fine. You know? And he would say, no, we got, we got a book of alternative. We got a book alternative. And I would just keep going, no, 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 it's going to be fine. And at some points, I'm sure he kind of got frustrated because he thought that I was just being extra woohoo-y. And he's like, no, this is like legit. Like you don't control the weather. And it was never really a matter of me thinking I controlled the weather or that I had like a super thin, super in with mother nature, even though I did. It was more of the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If we get married in the rain, we get married in the rain. If nobody wants to show up and watch us get married in the rain, it doesn't matter. We only need uh, the, or, the officiant and we already had a witness sign the, the marriage license, right? So um, I was just, I just had this aha moment. I'm like, I don't ever know if my marriage license came in the mail. I don't even know if I have a copy of it. Anyways, so no big deal because I'm, I'm married. It's fine. It, <laughs> My point is, you know, that was that was a realization. To, and I wasn't even realizing it in the moment, to be frank. It, I, it was a retrospective. That was it. 
I, it didn't matter to me what it ended up being the day of. It was the fact that at the end of the day, I was going to be married to this person who supports me, who makes me feel like I can do anything, that I'm capable of figuring my life out, that I'll be supported in all this regard and blah, 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 blah. I can talk forever about my husband. So that's one of those different different shifts that you'll have is, you know, for me, it's the car. We've talked about this before, but, you know, like I used to think so much about the car that I drove. I was worried that people were judging me uh, whether or not I was successful based on what I was showing up to their houses in. And now I ro rock it in a Pontiac vibe that I share with my husband because we have one good vehicle because we both drive a lot for work and then we have one for home, you know? And these are just things that we have decided what's most important to us. Will we potentially be in a headspace or a financial space that we can do all the things? Sure. But what if I had unlimited amounts of money? Do I think that I would go for the Escalade? No, I'm pretty sure I'd try to like convince Subaru to go electric. Okay. Like, you know, this is just what it is, is that you start to shift the importance of your priorities. And so, you know, for me, I used to envision that I would be in this mansion, that, that, that I would be happy when I was in a mansion and then getting into the house that I'm at now, it ain't no mansion, but it's pretty darn big. I mean, it's big enough is all, is all I'm saying is that I can't envision needing more space than we have now. Right. And so given that opportunity to really reflect and go, what's important to me? What do I need versus what do I want? And is what I want something that I'm saying, yes, this is what I want. This is something that'll bring joy to my life. Or is it because of an expectation that I think everybody else will accept me because I'm showing up that the way they show up? Okay. Whoo. Oh my gosh. I hope that that made a lot of sense. Right. So you're going to get really real about what's important to you. All right. Um, I could sit here all day and tell you about the things that I have changed in my life in terms of importance, but I want you to reflect on those things for yourself. And I want to make sure you hear my heart when I say like, if you're getting your hair dyed, if you're getting a wax, if you're getting your lashes lifted and tinted and so on and so forth, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. You know, when I said that thing about the car, right? Like you might really enjoy a luxury vehicle because you have five children. You need all the space in the world. You spend so much time in your car because you're toting them back and forth from activities and so on and so forth. That logically makes sense, right? That logically makes sense. I spend more money on makeup and hair stuff than um, some other women might. And, um, you know, that's because I like to be feminine. That's because I like to show up in that role. And that's just something that's important to me. So anyway, um, giving yourself grace and just accepting that, you know, it's a long process to determine what's important to you. And it's even harder when you're detaching from maybe the fact that you like, for example, you don't want to live in a house. Maybe you want to live in a van. Maybe you want to live in a camper. Maybe you want to live in a yurt. Maybe you want to live in a commune. And that doesn't fly with the way you grew up or what everybody else told you. Or maybe you grew up in a commune and like, no, nah, I just want to live in a neighborhood and be normal, quote unquote, right? So it's not wrong. It's just being accepting of whatever it is you decide that you want to do with your life as long as you are being safe, you're consenting, and everyone around you is okay, all right? So um, here we go, all right? Now, this, we're going to kind of shadow back. I don't know why I said that. We're going to circle back to the conversation we were having in week one, so two weeks ago, about spirit, God, source, the universe, whatever it is that you call it, all right? Now, um, I've said this before, um, to, usually to my clients, and you got to be a little bit woohoo to be tapped into this. Now, as a reference again, I don't have any formal training in spirituality. Uh, I don't know a lot about organized religion. That was kind of 
something I strayed away from growing up. So I'm new to spirituality and I'm open to conversations. And again, what I say is not that I expect you to change your mind about whatever it is that you believe. I am just encouraging you to ask questions. I'm encouraging you to think about what whatever whatever means to you and so on and so forth. So here are some of the spoiler alerts that I have heard when it comes to this conversation about source. Let's talk about God versus the devil, hell, ego, and so on and so forth. Okay. So the creator of all that is, again, however you see that, God, universe, spirit, whatever, okay, um, source, I call it the universe for Rachel, okay, so the universe is the creator. The universe created all that we see, all that we don't see, all that we know, all that we don't know, that's the thing that created us, okay, and then you have different, like, planes of existence, so you've got our 3D reality that we live here on planet Earth. And then a lot of people, I think, whether we accept it or say we know there's a spiritual world somewhere, right? And those are where it's the, the great before and the great after, if you've seen the movie Soul. Okay, <laughs> so cute. Uh, but that's spiritual energy, right? And it's around us. It's not to say it's a different place. It's that we can't see that vibration and frequency. So that's one, another dimension. Um, I mean, I could go into all the dimensions, but there's several different dimensions, all right? Now, when we come from the spiritual side of things, as we were created by God, source, universe, again, whatever, we come from the spiritual side of things, um, part of us is always there, okay? And this, again, this might be something that you feel in your heart you already knew, or this is going to make a lot of sense. Part of you is still always connected to your spirit, your source, your higher self, right? Waiting for you to come back, all right, from this game of life that you're playing. And your higher self is probably hanging out with other higher selves, like your soul family and people, you know, that you know, like, and trust here on planet earth and your ancestors who've already passed on that are consulting with you and sending you love and so on and so forth. You know, that's what higher self's meant to do. Higher self is meant to inspire you in any way that you'll accept because they can't interfere with free will. Okay. Um, and any way that you'll accept through one, 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 through two, 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 through three, three, three. If you see these numbers quite frequently, if you have things called synchronicities, synchronicities are those, Oh my gosh, like that's a small world kind of moment. Mm, there's no accidents. Everything happens for a reason. So these are what those are. Okay. Now, when we are away from our higher self, meaning we're here. Okay. The only way we can be reunited with our higher selves is when we've completed our journey here on earth. Uh, and for most of us, that's got to be intentionally. Okay. That's a conversation for another day. Anyway. So when we're separated from all that is the creator, all right, it's not probably unusual to put this into your thought process that the creator is unconditional love. All right. Now this was a, a an idea that I struggled with about religion growing up was that the creator created cancer, war, famine, and so on and so forth. So for a long time, I don't think that I thought that the creator was only unconditional love. I didn't really recognize that. I kind of thought that it was just a feeling or emotion that was a part of all the rest of the emotions. But what spiritual development, quantum physics, all of these things will start to actually uh, support is that that feeling of the creator is unconditional love all the time. It's nothing but unconditional love. People who um, experience near-death experiences say that this is what they feel like that they are often bathing in when they're kind of hanging out between their soul and their body and so on and so forth. Okay. So if you can just hang out for a moment and just for argument's sake, accept what I'm telling you, you don't have to accept it, I guess, just for argument's sake, follow along. I'm going to be referring to the fact that God source the universe is unconditional love. All right. So when we are in that presence, that's all we feel is unconditional love. And as we've talked about on previous podcasts before, 
we take nothing with us from planet Earth when we go except for one thing, right? We know that when we pass away, which everybody will, your body stays here on planet Earth, right? Your body is here. Everything physical about you stays here, including your brain. So your brain is not the thing that necessarily houses your soul, all right? And when we talk about like if you were to close your eyes and where do you feel yourself operating from or experiencing from, it's a hard question because you might initially feel like you're experiencing yourself from your head or your brain. And we both, we both know, as in you and I are having this conversation intimately, we also know that it's not through your eyes because you still see when you close your eyes and you still see when you dream at night. So when we talk about feeling your experience, I mean, it can come from anywhere. But like, I feel like sometimes it resonates from like my chest line to my forehead. Sometimes it's hanging out solely in my heart. Sometimes it's all in my brain. Uh, but that that's what's cool and weird about it is that if you think about it, it's your energy source, right? Your energy source is hanging out someplace here in this vessel that just houses your energy source uh, as you walk around planet Earth, okay? So when you are separated from source, you're going to feel other emotions, all right? Because if you're not living in your near-death experience, if you're not with the creator, you're probably not going to be feeling unconditional love all the time. And why does this happen? Well, it happens because uh, Earth, this is a fact. Okay, well, as much as a fact can be a fact, right? But a lot of scientists agree that Earth is the densest planet in the solar system. And density creates heaviness. Heaviness meaning like low-level emotions, like fear and anxiety and so on and so forth. So if these are things that you're feeling, it's because you're an Earthling, okay? There are other planets, whether you believe in extraterrestrials or not, they are not as dense as Earth. Meaning that if we were to be inhabiting those planets, we wouldn't necessarily feel as anxious or fearful or depressed because it's lighter. We don't get sucked into those emotions. I know that sounds crazy weird, but it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Whew. So when we're hanging out on earth and we're playing this game, right? We feel these low level emotions. We feel, um, we feel fearful. We feel anxious. We feel not good enough. We feel insecure. We feel inadequate, right? These are earth bound feelings. And so when we're playing this game of fear and doubt and so on and so forth, it's hard to imagine that we're the ones who create those emotions. There's no way we would pick those emotions when we can pick unconditional love. If that's available all the time, why on God's green earth am I not picking it? Well, because you've been programmed to pick all these other fears and all these other emotions, all these other anxieties uh, by watching other people, mostly you wanted to fit in. You wanted to be accepted by your tribe, your clan, your community. So you did what everybody else was doing. So if somebody scolded you, you retreated in insecurity. If somebody broke up with you, you cried out of heartbreak because this is what you witness other things happen. Is it normal for you to get broken up and go, yeah, no big deal. There's like 8.3 billion people on planet earth and you were just one of them and I'm 12 years old. I'll get over this. Nobody does that because they didn't see it replicated someplace else. But you can switch a conversation at any time and do this for yourself and for your children. Okay. So when we're separated, we have all of these low level emotions. All right. Now, the reason this is an important conversation is because if you think about it, you're never alone. And you know that I think we all know that we just kind of we forget about it, right? Like you're like, Oh, no, I feel alone. Like this reality. There's no God. There's no God coming to save me. You're right. God doesn't come to save you. God sends you the things that you need to save yourself. Because you are 1000% capable of doing it. You always have been, you always will be. Okay, and this is not a motivation issue. Okay, um, this is this is just a knowledge thing. This is a reminding you of your, your capacity, reminding you of how unbelievably unstoppable you can be if you just kind of put your mind to it a little bit. Okay, so being separated from source, you might feel alone, you might feel lonely, but understanding this unconditional love and bond, because you'll go back 
you have to go back, right? You're going back, <laughs> right? You'll get that unconditional love. So you can tap into it whenever you want. It's your born, God-given born right to experience that feeling and emotion of security at any time. At any time, just like pleasure is your God-given birthright, so is security. So is unconditional love. All of that, all right? So by the way, you're like, I don't know how to get that meditation, all right? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, all right? So you're never alone. You're never alone, even if sometimes you feel that way, right? Now, with the meditation portion of it, why is this like, this is spoiler alert, why is it so difficult for us to get there? Well, because we're programmed again, we went from operating in the current now moment of survival, being a Neanderthal, right? Got to eat, got to survive, got to sleep, whatever. We went from living in the current moment to getting distracted, getting distracted because now we didn't have to go out and chase all of our food every single day because, I mean, just for an example, we have refrigerators, right? And we have grocery stores, right? We don't have to uh, search for shelter every night because we have more sustainable structures like housing right? We don't have to die off because we don't have the proper uh, attire for the elements and so on and so forth. So we have gotten distracted. All that time we spent surviving has now been freed up. It's been freed up, but it's already been replaced with news and movies and music and media and electronics and and yes, your friends and family, but those are things you want to be distracted by. Those are things you want to be distracted by. And you were, again, sucked into the loop of movies and music and books and so on and so forth. Because when you were a kid, you were given those things. You were given, before we were given cell phones and tablets, people were given TVs. And before people were given TVs, they were given radios. And before people were given radios, they were given books. So there's always, and before books, we had, I don't know what they had, because that's how, that's how, ignorant I am, right? I'm sure it was just like toys and activities and so on and so forth to keep yourself busy, you know? Um, but that's, that's the evolution of distraction. All right. Distraction is obviously a good thing in a lot of different ways because it's allowed for us to make healthcare what it is today and the uh, advanced and ability, the advanced ability to stay alive and be happy and healthy for a longer period of time. But it, it nevertheless, there's still distractions. Okay. So when we talk about being babies and, uh, on a previous podcast about basically how we go through being, um, civilized or, uh, domesticated. That's the word I was looking for. So we go through this process of being domesticated from being babies to toddlers, right? And we understand now as we're, we're collectively kind of reviewing is that we start with a, a theoretical blank slate, okay? You absolutely, of course, are innate with abilities. You're innate with knowing things and so on and so forth. But we are we are given a blank slate of how to be accepted in this world. Okay, I need to learn this language. I need to process these emotions. I need to wear these clothes. I need to say those things, whatever, whatever. Okay, so we go through this domestication, but it's never ending. And we know this to be true when we take a, a step back and a breather, because when you're a child, you're influenced by, uh, uh, let's, let's use for an example, you could do advertising, toys and things like that, right? But you're always you're always going to be, influenced by your peers, right? Because as you move into middle school, what becomes more important? Your relationships with your friends, as well as clothing, like those symbols that we talked about, right? Showing up in the world, uh, your backpack or the experiences or the uh, the sports activities you're involved in outside of school, so on and so forth. You move into high school and that's just a continuation. And then you throw in uh, if you haven't already, intellect, right? And where are you going to college and what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And you get out of, well, in college, you do whatever you do to F yourself up there besides student debt, right? And then you get into your adulthood and you start talking about career and showing up and identifying that way and also showing up in a relationship and having children and being married. And if that's something that you need to do and what about the actual experiences like traveling and investing and blah, 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 right? So you are being programmed 
every step of the way in every season of life. So when you get into your 20s, oh my gosh, is this now when I consider getting married and having kids or do I wait till I'm 30? Oh my gosh, now in my 30s, do I consider like launching my career or like relaunching my career? Okay, and now that I'm in my 40s, am I supposed to be considering retirement? Oh my gosh, now that I'm in my 50s, I'm like more than halfway done with my life. So now what should I be doing with it? Oh my gosh, now that I'm in my, okay, so I could go on forever. There's obviously different life seasons for different decades of life and so on and so forth. So we don't stop being influenced, right? I mean, how many of you can relate to getting like an AARP card in the mail? I'm 35, y'all. I don't think, I honestly don't think I've had one addressed to me, but it was really funny when my husband received one, okay? So, um, you know, we condition each, hey, okay, okay, so you're not even 50, but I'm gonna go ahead and send you this AARP card so you better can start considering the fact that you are going to be aging soon, sir, and you should think about how that's going to impact your life and make you think about how you should start showing up as an aging citizen, all right? F that noise. If that AARP card comes to me, I'm burning that fucker, okay? You will not see me strutting around as a regular 80-year-old woman, okay? I, I don't feel 35. Like, it takes me a lot sometimes, like, to look at a younger person and go, damn, that person's not 16 or 17. That person's 23. I am old, right? Or, like... It doesn't matter what it is. Like, I don't think that I'm 35 very often. And um, I, I know that my body is starting to feel a little more like 35, but my energy and my brain and my mindset, I'm like, never going to feel that way, right? But I have the ability to switch that script. I do. No, you're not going to tell me that because I'm 35, I should be taking a daily supplement for like pain in my back. Nah, I should be doing yoga. I should be doing like more holistic health. I should be eating better and cleaner because I think I can still stretch this back out right? So remembering or recognizing that you still have the ability to really program yourself still. That's important. That is so important, right? You definitely want to make sure that uh, you, you're paying attention to your ability to really fine tune your life. And that's what we were talking about with manifestation, creating your reality. That's what this is. When you're getting really clear on, okay, do I show up as a 35-year-old woman, the way I want to show up as a 35-year-old woman, or am I still going against the grain of what everybody else is telling me I should look like at 35? I should feel like at 35. I should be successful like at 35. Or am I operating from the way that Rachel Renee Vote, married, but not Rachel Renee Lang, <laughs> you know, decides that she wants to be? And this is not the easy part. You know, the, this thing that we've been talking about, this is the struggle of learning. You're unlearning to learn, basically. That's the struggle. It's easy to pick what you want. It's convincing yourself that you have the power to do it and reconvincing yourself and re-reminding you of yourself and, and not forgetting that this is something that you have the capability of doing. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. But my goodness, my goodness, it is very powerful. So Man, we were on a, quite a tangent today. Um, it was it was great. I really appreciate you guys tuning into it. Um, that it's, I think we're gonna have to do part four. Okay, part four is I'm gonna kind of talk about like how to connect that science woohoo stuff we just talked about uh, to like your intellectual potential. Meaning like for me, as I've said before, I say that a lot. Okay, you could start a drinking game for that phrase if Rachel says that in a podcast. I've said this before. Okay, but um, when we talk about like uh, I just scrolled myself out of whatever I was gonna talk about. I don't even know. Okay. I just said part four. We're going to do part four. Spoiler alerts, basically. All right. <laughs> I can't even believe I did that. So part four on the spoiler. Oh yeah. Okay. I finally remember. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out there. So what we, what I have found has been working really well for me because I come from an intellectual background, because I was very conditioned to think that um, my identity was wrapped in my grades and showing up, you know, quote unquote, to be book smart, so on and so forth. Um, when I was thrown into the spirituality world last year, it was a whirlwind. 
it was a whirlwind because of how much it made sense to me, but shouldn't have based on my identity. My identity of I need to see facts and figures, I need to see case studies, I need to see things that prove this to be true, especially if it's tangible, if I can witness witness it with my own eyeballs, then that to me is going to tell me that this is real, right? And then when I started a whole year of spirituality and it was like none of it was something that people could prove, none of it was something that people had actual pictorial evidence, pictorial evidence of, nothing. But it made all, it all made enough sense for me to go, yes, I feel that. And so now what I feel like I'm spending 2021 doing is kind of a blending of those two. So what all these spoiler alerts, all these spoiler alerts that like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing the same thing over and over and over again. Can't I, can I find some way to bring this into a current reality that we can understand, that we can have a dialogue and go, okay, that makes some sense. So part four, I think is where we're going to kind of wrap that up next week. Uh, and uh, in terms of basically just taking this belief system one step further and expediting your change, expediting the momentum for you and getting everything that you've ever wanted because you are so unbelievably deserving of it. You have no flipping idea, no idea. Oh my gosh. So thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Yeah, again, if you get some value from hanging out with me, not only can you show me some love, you can tell me you're listening on your uh, stories because you can screenshot this if you want to. I would love the shout out uh, as well for other people to see that this is what you're watching and listening to because that gives them the strength to consider venturing into personal development too. I know a lot of us, especially me, we do these kinds of things as flies on the wall for a long period of time. We don't want to tell people we're changing. We don't want to tell people we're interested in changing because that's kind of an identifier that maybe I feel like something's wrong with my life. And that's not true at all. It's just that you're nervous. You're nervous to think, is there something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. This is because you want to better who you are. This you want to have more experiences, more fulfilled experiences. You want to feel better, so on and so forth. So if you got some value, make sure to share it. Make sure to put it into their inbox. Make sure to say, hey, check this check out if you want to. Make sure to get them invited to the VIP page over on Facebook if you want to. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok again for free content at any time. If you want to do the empowerment classes, those are coming back next month. And one-to-one sessions are always open. All right, well, Olivia's helping us wrap this up as she's trying to tell me that she would like to have some yogurt right here, baby girl right so uh again i thank you guys so much for tuning in it means the world to me that you're here and i look forward to checking back in with y'all next week so until then stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands tell me i say goodbye bye you're so sweet